Holy. I'm not going to curse within the first 30 seconds of season two, am I? But man. Man. I did not know what it was going to feel like after a brief hiatus to, to hop back on this horse. As soon as I hit that record button, oh man, oh man. It says a lot about me. That cursing was some of the first words that that I wanted to come out of my mouth, right? But given the fact that, like I said, this is, you know, new episode of season two, episode one of season two, and given the fact that this is being recorded less than a week before Christmas, I think I'm going to try and be on my best behavior curse words wise. Not otherwise, you know. Shout out John Lewis and Good Trouble. Never that. Never try to avoid good trouble. But in terms of just like the gratuitous cursing, uh, we'll see, right? I'm going to try, try to be on my best behavior. So, welcome to the first episode of season two of everyone's favorite podcast. Journeys into Whiteness. I am, as always, your host, Jimmy Lincoln. And if you're new to this podcast, I'm not going to regurgitate some of the the foundation lane that was done in season one. Instead, I'm going to do like anybody, any smart person would do in this business, in the business of marketing themselves and then their ideas. And I'm just encourage you to go back and listen to season one. And if you are a season one listener and you are returning because you missed this podcast so much or more than likely didn't even know you missed it. But now that it's back, you're like, what the hell? I'll try it out. Welcome back. Welcome back. I don't know if it's felt like it for you guys, but man, it's felt like a while since I've I've sat down and had a conversation or a monologue, right? Believe it or not, it's not a monologue, at least not in my head. I know strictly dictionary speaking it might be, but in my head, I am constantly in conversation with my audience, both as an archetype of like the ideal audience and responding to just different ideas and criticisms that I anticipate. But more interestingly, I'm in conversation with actual audience members who continue to reach out to me, either on social media or if they know me well enough, call or text or more more often than not, emailing me and just sharing their thoughts, their impressions, uh, their own stories, their own experiences about how whiteness was not only defined for them, and continues to be defined for them, but how they experienced whiteness, both growing up and and contemporaneously, and how ideas of whiteness, much like the oxygen we breathe or the gravity that ties us to this planet, seems to be everywhere and nowhere at once, right? That's kind of the whole reason, the whole thematic, for lack of a better word, energy that that is motivating this entire project, this entire podcast, exploring all the different ways that white people experience whiteness and all the different messages, conscious and subconscious, that we are given as white people. And so we're going to continue on with season two. If you recall season one, And I'm trying to be as chronological as I can, but it just doesn't always fit in that easily. Season one roughly dealt with my elementary age years. So, you know, what is that age, age five to 12, five to 13. And there were some lengthy tangents to some of my extended family, uh, specifically relating to, to things they did that formally, as in the case of my grandfather writing that that horribly racist textbook that was used throughout Virginia, or informally, as in the case of every white person I know, 
kind of pushed along this agenda, this idea, this this essence that is whiteness that that as I mentioned a second ago is everywhere and nowhere. Or at least is everywhere but not easily defined and not certainly not easily understood. So that's what season two is gonna do is pick up on season one. So season one, like I said, was elementary age years. Season two is gonna be middle school into high school. So adolescence, puberty, all that good stuff. Plenty of good plenty of good stories, plenty of good material coming from these years. And hopefully season two, like season one, will be somewhere between eight to ten episodes. Then I'll take another little hiatus and come back with season three, honestly, as soon as I can. But I'm not going to lie. Life be happening, right? Like, I would love to make, I think, I think the first episode of season one, I even referenced some absurd number, like in the hundreds. And I would love to make this podcast hundreds of episodes long eventually. But instead of having that overarching kind of sometimes impossible to achieve goal, I thought it better to just keep my sights a little more realistic and focus on on the here and now. And so if season two ends up being eight to ten awesome episodes, so be it. If season two ends up being four or five not so awesome episodes, so be it. And we'll just take it from there. Cool. Cool. Lots happened since last time we talked. A crucial ass, crazy ass election day. Thank God the Democrats pulled this one out, presidentially at least. Um, And before someone emails me about all the problems with the Democratic Party and particularly with their relationship with with many of the black and brown communities that support them, my answer to you would be no fucking duh. I realize the Democrats are, as a party, are just like people. Far, far, far from perfect. Many flaws, a lot of things they got to work on. Um, As you can probably guess, they're not nearly, or at least as you can probably guess about, about me, I don't believe they're nearly progressive enough and despite what you might have heard from from people, moderate Democrats, including the president himself, um, I mean the president-elect, not the not the current madman in office, but what you heard from Biden himself about how progressive Democrats might have hurt the Democratic ticket overall, especially down ticket. Um, there's just been some interesting writing about. A, how it might be too soon to make any kind of assessments about what happened in the election. And B, there's the argument that that maybe what's hurting Democrats more than anything is not their progressiveness, or at least the perceived progressiveness of, of certain wings of the party, but maybe it's the lack of the lack of progressivism. The fact that Democrats don't seem to want to own not only their history, if we go back to the New Deal at least, but you could go back even earlier to, you know, policies of, of Teddy and, and Woodrow, not racial policies when it comes to Woodrow, because good God, that man. Um, but economic policies at the very least. Democrats don't seem to want to own their progressive legacy and create a really forceful, strong, optimistic, forward-looking program that owns their socialism and their progressivism and says, you know what? The reason we believe in this shit is because it fucking works. And here's all the anecdotal, all the empirical evidence to support that. Instead, Democrats as a party try to like sprinkle in their progressivism amidst like a moderate stew of kind of gray nothingness. And then they wonder why at times their voters aren't animated by this gray stew of nothingness with a little bit of sprinkly taste of progressivism. But I don't want to get on a tangent about the election. I'm still processing that shit myself. Just suffice it to say that definitely happened since last time we were together. And in some ways it's still still happening, right? The way the way Trump and his supporters, both his elected supporters and his uh citizen supporters have been acting. It's um it's something that either is 
frightening or humorous or some like odd tragic comic combination of the two. And so I'm still kind of holding on bare knuckling, white knuckling this thing, not bare knuckling. I guess bare knuckling could work too. I could be fighting this thing, but white knuckling this whole process and kind of counting the days until January 20th. Um, and not that all of our country's problems will be solved on that day, but it will be nice to finally see Biden officially inaugurated and take the wind out of the sails of most of this nonsense, most of this authoritarian, just fucking selfishness that, that Trump and so many of his supporters, this vile, privileged, dangerous selfishness that Trump and so many supporters are on. And, and I'd be remiss if I didn't point out the obvious, which I'm sure many of my listeners already know, but that a lot of the Trump campaign's half-assed Keystone Cop efforts at overturning votes has focused on particularly black votes and and basically trying to throw those out to delegitimize black votes, whether we're talking about in places like Wisconsin or whether in Georgia or, or in Pennsylvania. Um, the Trump campaign has, as they have, I guess, years ago, eschewed the dog whistle and have just basically come out and said, we don't trust voting in any of these majority black precincts. So therefore, let's throw these votes out. And it's just fucking disgusting. Um, I realize I'm probably already over my, my cursing quota, but it's, yeah. But y'all didn't turn in to hear about that. Y'all didn't tune in to hear about that. Man, I feel like, I swear to you, I kid you not, this episode is going to be touch and go. Because as easy as it might seem to just sit here and talk, it's also incredibly difficult to get back on this horse. And so bear with me. I promise, much much like season one, I hope that it, that you'll never be bored and that each podcast you'll be you'll walk away and, and each each episode will give you something to think about at least. And if I've done that, not bored you and kind of stimulated your synapses and giving you something to think about, then I think I've been pretty successful in, in this endeavor. Um, so yeah, let's jump right in to today's episode and it's got a Christmas theme. I don't know what the title of this Christmas theme would be. And this one is one of those episodes that doesn't fit squarely within chronology of my life. Um, episode number number two of season two will pick back up with with life chronology. But this episode was kind of inspired by the season we all find ourselves in. So this is my Christmas special. And in some ways, I've debated about doing this, this. Believe it or not, most of these episodes require more research than I would even care to admit. And as shoot from the hip, as many of these episodes probably sound to y'all on your end, there's a lot of forethought and and planning that goes into most of these episodes. Today's episode is not like that. So if you thought most episodes resembled somebody who's half stones, half stones, babbling into the nothingness of the universe and have i got a treat for you today because this episode is even less planned than perhaps some of the others are um and some of these have been planned for months or weeks at least the ideas have been gestating for that long but this episode christmas themed episode and basically i think the title could be i don't i don't give individual titles to my episode to my episodes, but the title of this one could be, what the fuck is going on with white Santa Claus? That's the title of this episode. What the fuck is going on with white Santa Claus? And so, and I realize already that somebody out there, somebody who's more woke and progressive than me, is probably thinking that, that I'm going after some low-hanging fruit, and perhaps I am. But it's just something I feel compelled to talk about. It overlaps with the idea of racial representation 
across our culture and in many mythical and, and fictional realms. And so it's something I've actually touched on briefly before when we've talked about Halloween and how whiteness intersects with Halloween. And it's just something, well, fuck it. Why the hell am I justifying it? It's something I wanted to talk about. It's my podcast. We're going to talk about it. So the whiteness of Christmas. I did a little experiment before I hopped on with y'all. I went to Amazon. Man, I love that site. Man, that site is the devil. Especially when you're not working for like days at a time and just kind of chilling. You can find yourself spending a whole lot of money on Amazon. But I went to Amazon and I searched. I'm going to read for you word for word what I searched. Because we all know Amazon sells everything. So I figured this would be some good real-time research. I searched Santa Claus figurines. And I just wanted to see what would come up. Um, I was somewhat hopeful that I was going to see some more diversity than I am, some more racial and ethnic diversity than I am. But at the same time, as someone who has been in this country, in this world, for more years than I care to share and who has been white for the entirety of those years, I must say, as disappointed as I am in these figurines, I'm not in the least bit surprised. So I'm on page one. And, what you know, everyone searched something for Am- from Amazon on the phone. You know how many items come up on a page. I don't know, 20, 25. Um, page one of my Santa Claus figurine search. And we've got a lot of different Santas doing a lot of different things. Um, you know, plushy Santas. Most of these are like ceramic Santas that, that are kind of decorative. These aren't toys necessarily. Um, nutcracker Santas, some traditional Santas where he looks more humanized and, and, and isn't in necessarily the, the mini mall or the mall outfit of, of, you know, red robe with white trim and red hat with white trim. Some more that make him look like a a gentleman farmer from the 17th century. Uh, we got some Polynesian or Hawaiian Santas wearing a lei, playing a ukulele. And nothing, Nutcracker Santas, I think I mentioned. All right, so that's page one. Page two. I'm trying to combine the word random with Santa. In my mind, it sounds great, but in my mouth, it's not even letting it, the words come out together. Uh, Coca-Cola Santa, we've got a beach Santa. Um, other than that, some pretty, you know, typical Santa figurines, you know, bordering more on the traditional side than not. We've got a Dr. Santa from the Healthcare Heroes Collection, a Dr. Santa wearing a mask. I think y'all know where I'm headed with this. I'm now on to page three. There's a Mardi Gras Santa, turn up Santa. Um, I only went to page one and two before I jumped on with you guys. So page three, I'm being greeted in real time. They've got a Santa in an all gold on gold outfit with gold shoes, gold hat. That's like if Santa's mama was Santa and Santa's daddy was a pimp. That's what that looks like. Uh, we've got a fireman Santa. We've got a buff golf playing Santa. In like a traditional Scottish tartan outfit. There's another Maui Santa. We've got Santa as a chef. Um, still seeing a lot of traditional Santas. Oh, there we go. So this is page four. I think. Good God. Right above the rhinestone. Leisure rhinestone cowboy Santa. Which I. I'm going to just let y'all Google that on your own. But when I said, there we go, I think, but I can't even tell. I got to look close. I'm pretty sure that one's tricky, though. I might have finally found my first Black Santa figurine. The problem is, and this you see a lot of times with, like, quote-unquote traditional or mythical or things from, like, classical fictional realms that even when someone gets the well-meaning idea of updating them or making them more inclusive racially, they don't really change the 
the entire racial ethnic background of the person. They just changed the skin color. So like this might be a black Santa, but it just looks like a white person with a really, really, really bad spray on tan. Like nothing about this Santa looks black except his skin is just too dark to be considered normal white. So I'm going to put that in the maybe category. His hair didn't look anything different than, you know, and quote-unquote normal Santa looked. Um, I'm on now page five. Um, is that Fireman or Black Santa? Possibly. Yeah, I think so. I think so. All right, so it took us out of, what, 125 to 150 Santa figurines. I have found two, two that are possibly not even black. I can't even say that. Possibly non-white. Possibly. I can't even give them a, like, yeah, they're definitely, you know, South Asian, or they're definitely black, or they're definitely definitely of African descent, or they're definitely of Caribbean descent. No, they're possibly non-white. And honestly, they're more like non-white in almost like an accidental sense. Now I'm on to like page seven, by the way, and still no, no better luck. So there's, in the white world, Santa is almost exclusively white. Not only is Santa almost exclusively white, Mrs. Claus and the elves, almost exclusively white. In black homes, as my black listeners are probably telling me as I'm speaking. That's not the case. Like, you go into black homes. Okay, there, I'm finally on page nine and found one that is labeled African Santa. Man, we might have to do a whole episode on this, dude. This is another... This is tricky and problematic. You can probably guess by the name. It's not like I searched it either. This is the official name, is that it's African Santa, stone resin figure. We'll talk about African Santa in a little bit. But back to the whiteness of Santa Claus and therefore the whiteness of mainstream popular Christmas, at least in the United States. In black homes, you can find black angels and black elves and black Santa and black Mrs. Claus. You don't see Santa represented in white homes and in white traditions as anything other than white, ever. And I'm guessing that even my black brothers and sisters listening, or my South Asian brothers and sisters, or my dark-skinned Latino brothers and sisters, I'm guessing that they kind of have to really work at it to find a Santa that, that looks like them, that represents them. I remember, I didn't even, like, this is so sad. I hadn't even considered the possibility that Santa could be anything other than white until high school. And it was only when I was in the the home of a black friend of mine and I saw a black Santa on their mantle that I was like, holy shit, that's Santa, but he's black. And it totally mind-fucked me. No, not in like a negative way, and I didn't, I, you know, I don't think I, we even discussed it, and I, I'm pretty sure I didn't feel defensive, but I was surprised as shit, and it didn't feel normal, I can tell you that. And so, that's kind of what I want my listeners to sit and think with, especially my white listeners. As always, my goal is not to make anybody feel guilty. We've talked about that before, right? There's not a lot of utility in guilt. There's not a lot of power in guilt. Unless you're, you know, manipulating someone with their own guilt. But there's not a lot of power, self-power, internally driven power from guilt. So I'm not trying to make any white people feel guilty about their family's Christmas traditions. No matter how white they were. But I do want us to sit and reflect on what messages a whitewashed Christmas man the puns are just like writing themselves I didn't say writing themselves well but like come on whitewashed Christmas 
on what a whitewash Christmas does to white children and then also to non-white, particularly black children. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about how a whitewash Christmas affects black children for two reasons. The one reason is I can't talk about that from experience, right? Like the whole point of this podcast is for me to take you on my journey through whiteness. I can't take you on a journey through what a black child or a black adolescent or a black teenager feels when they're inundated in mainstream culture, in mainstream media, in mainstream marketing with a whitewashed Christmas. I can't tell you what it, what it feels like. I can guess. I can guess what it feels like to be a black child and seeing those images. But I can't tell you firsthand. And I'm not going to pretend and try to. I can tell you that the research on representation is abundantly clear. And I encourage you to look it up. And by representation, I mean racial representation. How we see ourselves in the world that's presented to us. Or if you're a black child, adolescent, teenager, or adult, how you don't see yourselves in the world that's presented to you. And representation can show up in everything from from books to movies to television programs to podcasts to music to billboards to advertising campaigns to holiday movies about Christmas. And so I encourage you, my white listeners, once again, like always, talk to your black friends. If you don't have black friends, fucking make some. And listen to their stories about representation as it relates to Christmas. But then do some research. Like, you all have access to the fucking internet. Use it. Google racial representation and youth. Black representation. Black racial representation. And and you will find more research than I could even begin to do justice to. And the research is pretty clear. And it's if you think about it, it's commonsensical. Seeing yourself represented and or not seeing yourself represented definitely affects your psychological development as a human being. And that should not surprise us in the least bit. Like if we all slow down, because I'm already, I already know I got some white listeners who were like pissed at my, my whitewash take on Christmas and are already getting defensive and explaining themselves. I have a lot of white listeners, sidebar, by the way, who, first of all, shout out for continuing to listen. But secondly, who love to text me or email or reach out to me on social media and explain to me why something that I am associating with whiteness isn't really about whiteness and race and white supremacy at all. And I'm talking about liberal, well-meaning folks. And A, I find that hilarious because... (laughs) One of my foundational premises to this entire project is that everything, everything under the sun, directly or indirectly, is affected by whiteness and white supremacy and and societal notions of race and social constructs of race and racism. So to tell me something's not related to whiteness, I'm not, right? Like that's kind of outside the realm of a possibility in my thinking. But it's also just kind of a funny knee-jerk defensiveness that, you know, people even acknowledge in in their communications with me. They, they realize this might sound defensive, but they're not trying to be defensive. They're just trying to be accurate and all that. And that's, you know, the more, the more you protest, the less I believe you. Doth thou protest too much, I believe is the line. My boy Billy, Billy Shakespeare. Um, we could do an episode on Shakespeare and the whitewashing of, of school curriculum. We might do that too. That'll be later. That'll be like season three or four in my adult life because I can come at that from a teacher's point of view. But let's get back to the whitewashing of Christmas. And so, like I said, black churches, black communities, black families have for generations been doing everything they could to to see themselves in their holiday representations, in their black Santas, in their black angels, in their black elves. But notice they don't even how I said it, right? Like, and this is where race and whiteness fucking, fucking sucks. 
There's no such thing as a white angel and a black angel. Or even Santa, like, why should I have to identify him as black or white? And a lot of white people are like, well, you shouldn't. That's the problem. You keep talking about race. That's why it won't go away. And that's fucking just ignorant. And I'm not even going to really take that comment seriously, even though I hear it all the time on social media. Instead, I'm going to flip it. And I'm going to just try to push all of my listeners to think about, if I have to refer to Black Santa and Black Angels, or shit, we could bring in Jesus. He's going to come up at some point in this episode. Black Jesus, Black Elves. Think of what that tells us all about the normalization of whiteness in our culture. And this is why whiteness is such a tricky thing, at least for white people. I think non-white people, especially black folks, have fucking PhDs in whiteness because they have to. They have to learn all the written and unwritten rules of what it means to be white and what, what it means to live in a society dominated by whiteness. And if they don't learn those rules, they're in trouble. But white people, we always, because whiteness has become so foregrounded in everything, such a default setting in everything we do, including religion and including Christmas, that anytime we don't see it, our immediate response is this assumption of inauthenticity. And that's why I feel the need to qualify and use the adjective of black when I'm talking about black Santa, black angels, black Jesus, black elves. Like, think about how crazy that fucking is. We're talking about fictional characters. Yes, for the purposes of this conversation, Jesus will be fictional. Whether or not he, he is real is not my concern for this episode. Everything we think we know about him is fictional. That, so I'm going to treat him like a fictional character in that sense. I'm not denying he existed. But the Jesus we know, the Jesus in all of his iterations that we tell ourselves almost all of his iterations, that we tell ourselves about is a fictional creation. So for the intents of this conversation, I'm going to lump Jesus into this fictional category. Think about how normalized whiteness is when fucking fictional characters are white by default. Obviously, in the case of Jesus, not only white by default, but like we have to deny. This is why it's easy to lump him in the fictional category, right? Like maybe if white folks weren't running around with pictures of European descendant Jesus and they portrayed Jesus as he really would have looked if he had been born in Judea, lived half his life or a third of his life in Africa. Then maybe I wouldn't be out here talking about how y'all basically have created a fictional person. Like, because that's what somebody's thinking with Santa, right? And this is what I hear all the fucking time. Oh, white people love this one I'm about to hit you with. Because I hear it with Santa. It came up big in the last year or two with, with, of all people, James fucking Bond as there are rumors that that Idris Elba might be the next Bond. You hear it with the Little Mermaid. Excuse me. And just about any fucking character under the sun that somebody has the audacity to suggest could be presented, could be represented by a race other than white, by an ethnicity other than European. People lose their fucking mind. White people lose their mind. And once again, I'm not talking about like knuckle-dragging, ignorant ignorant fools. I'm talking about people who voted for Biden. I'm talking about people who, who claim Black Lives Matter. Another sidebar. Do y'all still really believe that? Because that 
that energy seems to have really dissipated since this summer. All right, back on the main track. I just couldn't resist, right? Like, and it's weird being in this quarantine world where my, my virtual, my job is virtual. My social life is almost non-existent, but what, what does exist is virtual. And so I don't know. Maybe Black Lives Matter is still popping out in the streets, but I don't know. It's certainly not popping anywhere that I can see anymore. Whether it's companies, organizations, you know, the NFL. NFL did a half-ass acknowledgement to Black Lives Matter at the start of the season and now does like a 10-second little thing in the middle of its games. And other than that, doesn't want to talk about anything to do with race ever again. I feel like that's a lot of white people lately. They're like, man, you mean we got to keep talking about this shit? Yes, motherfucker, you got to keep talking about it. All right, I'm done with done with calling people out for their uh, their short attention span. And that includes me, right? Like, I'll include myself. I went for like weeks at a time this summer posting on, on social media. Statistics, facts, articles, research about the black experience in America. And then in the last like two months, I haven't posted anything. I'm at the point now where I don't even like wishing people happy birthday on social media because I've decided I need a break from social media. So I'm just as guilty as anybody else that of this short attention span. But back to our main topic of the whitewashing of Christmas, the whitewashing of fictional mythical experience in general. And what white people love to tell you anytime you bring this up. Oh, another sidebar. And Jesus is a perfect example of this. But so white white people get so offended when you when you mention the whitewashing of of not only Christmas but but fictional characters in general. And yet they have no trouble. Whether it's, you know, that that Great Wall movie Matt Damon did a few years ago or just about any any story whose source material is outside of Europe. White people have no trouble misrepresenting other racial and ethnic groups. And so, like, when I say whiteness by default, I don't mean objectively by default. It's almost like white people create the default setting. And whether the character was originally white or not, they're going to make that character white and then they're going to lock it in on default. So it's not default as in natural. It's default as in, like, so constantly represented in that one white way that it becomes by inclination, by instinct, or by seemingly by instinct whiteness. It becomes white. So back to Santa, back to Christmas, back to fictional characters. And I told you, I keep teasing you with what white people, their number one objection, when you call them on this shit, And I kid you not, the shit blows my mind. But they will say, well, that's how it was originally. The source material demands that this character be white. Now think about that for a second. The source material in a fictional world is a fucking story. So that's what you'll hear in James Bond a lot. When people object, or the same thing with the Little Mermaid kerfuffle, I guess, that was, you know, last year or two. Oh, well, Hans Christian Andersen, when he wrote Little Mermaid in 1750, I don't know when he wrote it or if he even wrote it, but that's a good guess, right? His original Little Mermaid was white. Or Ian Fleming, when he's writing the James Bond character in all of these 007 books. Her Majesty's Secret Service. The James Bond character was always white. Therefore, he must continue to be white. Therefore, Little Mermaid must continue to be white. Santa was originally white. Therefore, Santa must continue to be white. We can't think about changing a fictional universe. So that's my first fucking problem with it. Why the fuck not? Like, who cares? Who cares if Ian Fleming made James Bond white? He was writing like a hundred fucking years ago. 
probably not quite, but closer than you think, right? Like, I don't know when he was writing those books. I'm guessing the 50s. But who the fuck knows? Who cares if Hans Christian Andersen or the Brothers Grimm, if their characters were white? So fucking what? If their characters were originally white? Like, are we are we worried about offending dead people? What is, what's the problem with fucking with their universe? Because we fuck with universes all the time in the fictional world, too. Like, that's the other thing that makes that whole, that whole defense mechanism illogical on its face. Like, I'm pretty sure in the Hans Christian Andersen version of Little Mermaid, the lobster wasn't cracking wise either. But we fucking added that to the universe. I'm pretty sure every character didn't break into song anytime anything overly emotional occurred. But we added that to the universe. Or with fucking Santa. I just told you, I found Santa delivering Cokes. I found Santa wearing a face mask. I found Santa as a chef. I found Santa wearing a... What is that? The leg goes around your neck. See, I told you it's going to take a while to get back on this horse. The grass skirt that you associate with Polynesian culture. I found that Santa. Found Santa as a fireman. All of these versions of Santa I found, mind you, before I found a black Santa. Or as the one, the African Santa, right? And of course he has, he's wearing like this, this stereotypical kind of kente cloth. But think about it. We get so wedded connected to these fictional universes, at least when it comes to race, that we somehow feel like it's inauthentic to change the race of Santa. Despite the fact that Santa himself is inauthentic, that he's a fictional character. And despite the fact that we fuck with fictional universes nonstop. That's what culture does, by the way. All cultures. Like, culture is always in flux. It what, it's, what's, it's one of the things that makes culture so fucking fascinating. It is always changing and inventing and reinventing, mixing and remixing. And for the most part, we're fine with that until it comes to race. And then we're like, ho, 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 ho. Santa can wear a face mask. He can not only go down the chimney. He can climb up the chimney and put out the fire. Santa can be a police officer. He can drive a motorcycle. But he can't be black. Heaven forbid. Nor can any of his elves, right? Like, we haven't even talked about Christmas movies. We should maybe spend another episode on that. Because those shit, first of all, they slap. Like, that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer movie used to be my shit. It wasn't claymation. It was like stop-motion puppeteer animation. That movie was my shit. And I guarantee you there's not a black face in that movie. Why the fuck can't we fuck with fictional universes? I haven't even gotten, because I always end up talking more than I ever, ever consider that is possible, which I know in season two, y'all are like, really? You're surprised that you talk a lot? But yes, I am. I will continue to be surprised by that. We haven't even gotten to other fictional universes. The, the Star Warses, the Game of Thrones, and how they'll fuck with every convention under the sun, except race and white supremacy. That tells you how deeply embedded these ideas are, that even in the most fictional worlds possible, authors and creators and producers and directors and writers rarely challenge them. So back to the, the whitewash Santa thing. So the first thing I hear is that, yeah, we can't fuck with Santa because you can't change culture. And like I said, my first response is, well, that's fucking silly. We change culture all the time, especially fictional fucking culture. Or the fictional universes that are part of our culture, I should say. We do that. We change that shit all the freaking time. But we can't change it when it comes to race. Here's the other thing I hear. And not only is it hypocritical because of <clears throat> Jesus, but it's wrong. And I hear this particularly with Santa. Well, Santa's inspired by the real Saint Nick who, who was white. So therefore, it makes sense we keep Santa white. Now, first of all, when white people bring that up, 
it's hard to take them seriously because I don't know a lot of white people who think of Jesus as anything but white. And obviously Jesus wasn't fucking white. There's no way under the fucking sun that a human being born where he was born, who lived where he lived his entire life, was anything other than dark skin. Now, whether he would be called black or or what, you can decide for yourself. Because remember, those racial labels didn't even exist 2,000 years ago. But white people, by and large, have no trouble changing Jesus' race. Even though Jesus is ostensibly, anyway, based on a real person. But now when it comes to Santa, because people assume Santa's based on a real white person, we can't change Santa's race. And here's the kicker. Santa's not even really fully based on a real white person. St. Nicholas, the original St. Nicholas, was of Greek descent and lived in Asia Minor, a.k.a. Turkey. That motherfucker was dark-skinned. And then the stories of him are remixed in a Dutch version. And we know Dutch people are white as fuck. And so that's kind of how we end up with a white Santa. So even if we really want to take it literally for some reason, which there's no reason we should feel compelled to do so, even the original St. Nicholas isn't, isn't white. Um, do yourself a favor, too. Read St. Nicholas's Wikipedia page. Fucking fascinating. We don't know shit about him, like we don't know about most people in the Bible. And so the stories and legends that have been created about this man, who was the patron saint not only of children, but also of, like, sailors and prostitutes, talk about a fucking fun time. And there's a story one time of him, like, saving two kids by pulling them out of pickle brine where somebody was going to try and sell them as pork. In the midst of a famine? <laughs> I don't even care if that story's true. That's some shit right there. Like that story. Like I said, do yourself a favor. Go to that Wikipedia page. And I haven't even got to it. And I know we're running up against, I don't like to keep y'all longer than 50, 55 minutes. We're running up against my self imposed time limit. I haven't even gotten to the nativity scene and how we whitewash the fuck out of that. Except when it comes to maybe one out of the three wise men. We allow the others, the foreigners to be black or non-white, but everybody else at Christmas. White as fuck, even in 2020. Just everywhere you go, white fucking Santa, white elves, elves. Like even if you were devoted to the notion of a white Santa, which I pointed out isn't even necessarily historically accurate, certainly not logical, and therefore, to me, not, not that defensible or valid as, as, a, as a sticking point or as a value. But even if you're devoted to a white Santa, why the fuck can't you have some black elves? Elves are, are I can't imagine they're based on any historical people. Elves are fucking... Awesome mythical creatures. Why the fuck aren't they black? Or at least some of them black. Or all of them. Fuck it. Think about race and our holidays and our cultural ideas. And think about how grounded whiteness is. How default whiteness is. This holiday. And by the time you hear this, the holiday will probably have just passed. But think about how the Christmas season seems to carve out a very narrow space for who gets represented and who doesn't. Because imagine what that does to a child. Because think about it. In In American culture, nobody is more universally recognized as a benevolent community minded self-sacrificing individual than, than Santa Claus. Because even in America, people argue about Jesus and what he stands for. But Santa Claus is universally loved and universally loving. He's the symbol of everything that's good. And if he is always presented as white, well then I can let you fill in the fucking blanks 
or I can let you write the rest of that sentence after the dot, dot, dot. If we always present him as white, what are we telling white children? What are we telling non-white children? About their own inherent capabilities, about their own inherent goodness. Representation matters. Whether we're intending to send psychological messages to young people, sociological messages to young people, doesn't matter. Consistently, especially in a fictional context, reverting to whiteness as the default setting is doing damage not only to our black brothers and sisters, but I would argue to white people as well. I hope y'all had a great holiday season. Whatever you celebrate. So whether it was Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Diwali this year was very close to the Christmas season. I think it was in November, if I'm not mistaken. Or whatever belief under the sun. I hope you at some point recently were able to have some time with your family. I'm glad you jumped back on this horse with me. Despite all the evidence from season one that maybe the ride was going to be bumpy. You jump back on this horse again for season two. And you can see, surprise, the ride's still fucking bumpy. But we're still going through it. I'm still trying to unpack and understand all these layers. And so, like always, I just appreciate you coming with me on this journey. Please reach out and let me know what you think about your own stories, your own experiences, about what I said or didn't say. You can reach me at jameslincoln313 at gmail.com. jameslincoln313 at gmail.com. You can probably find me on social media. Most of my stuff, I think, is public, all of my stuff. And reach out. And let's keep this conversation going. All right, y'all. Peace and love. I'll see you back for episode two of season two very shortly. I'm out.